Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. We're heading off to Australia and New Zealand, where we will be appearing live and recording an episode in Christchurch on the 11th of May, Auckland on the 14th of May, Wellington on the 15th of May, Adelaide on the 18th of May, Perth on the 20th, Sydney on the 23rd, Melbourne on the 25th, Brisbane on the 27th, and finally Canberra on the 28th of May. So get in and get your tickets now. They are going very fast. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com and just click on live shows for any of these events. Hello, 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 and welcome to a very special edition of The Guilty Feminist. I'm Deborah Francis-White, and joining me are the three hosts of the amazing podcast, Drunk Women Solving Crime, one of my favourite mashup Guilty Feminist episodes ever, although I will say Cindy V and I are ashamed that we got a little bit too smashed, and I don't think it was our <laughs> fault. It was the drinks we were given and the time of day. The time of day was like nine o'clock, Deborah. like it was in the evening. We had done a lot of shows that day, and it was part of a mashup festival. Uh, it is Hannah George. Hello. Katie Wilkins. Hello. And Taylor Glenn. Hello. Woo. It's just wonderful to be together again, finally. Yes. (laughs) It has been, I mean, I noticed that it's, I looked it up and it was 2019. It was pre-pandemic was the last time we uh, we mashed ourselves together. Last time we got drunk together and solved crime. We didn't know what was coming. (laughs) We didn't know what was going to hit us. We didn't. Now I'm really glad we lived up to the brand and drank a lot because we didn't know. We didn't know what the future held. Well, what it held was more drinking a lot because there was going to be a lock-in for two years. So we were just rehearsing. This is true. <laughs> yeah. We were match fit. When we really were. Our greatest role. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, well, I came on your podcast first and I took it very seriously because you are meant to be smashed. You went to have have had a few drinks. I t- yeah, you're a professional. You fajitos. I, right. I remember the fajitos. I came around to you. Your, was it your house, Katie? It was mine. It was back in the day when we recorded at mine. Yeah, you made a delicious cocktail. Did I? The Vojito, a mojito made with vodka. Yeah. Did I? You did. You were, oh my gosh. It doesn't bode well that I can't remember it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) It had mint from Taylor's Garden. I remember this. We're so (laughs) wholesome when we drink. Let's bring out the Vojitos again. What a disappointment that I'm on coffee this morning. Uh, Maybe we should pause this and get vodied up. But yeah, and then we did a delightful mashup at the London Podcast Festival. So it was drunk, guilty feminist solving crime, I believe, and we solved yes. everything. In People the world. constantly say how much they love that episode, and I find it so embarrassing oh. that it's online <sighs> because <laughs> Sintu V and I. We'd done a lot of shows that day and we thought, oh, we'd better get, you know, have a few drinks quite quickly. And we really, <laughs> we just missed the turn off and we are not the kind of, oh, we're tipsy, isn't this adorable? We're too drunk. And I'm not a big drinker. I'm just, don't, I'm just drinking. It's not really one of my things. Well, today's mashup is all about the Audible Comedy Club brought to you by Audible and ACAS Creative. It is great to be working with the Guilty Feminist again. Yay. Isn't it? Yay. Isn't it? Uh, one thing we know about both of our audiences is that you love 
comedy in particular listening to it. And today we're hopefully going to give you your next series to binge. And that's because we've spent the last week listening to some brilliant podcasts on Audible. This is true. I chose Lolly Adafope fan mail and my partners in crime drunk crime, opted for the brilliant Corrupt mm. FM. So what you'll hear in this edition of the Audible Comedy Club is what we thought of those shows and why you might like to get involved with them too. Well, I can't wait to hear what you thought about Lolly Adafope's podcast, Fan Mail, Deborah. What's, what's the premise? It's incredibly funny, the premise. It's it's Lolly Adafope finally, after all these years of being glamorous and famous, responding to her fan mail. So she's oh. really sending up <laughs> celebrity culture herself uh, how how seriously comedians take themselves and how famous they think they are. So she talks about her fans in a very high-handed way. She constantly refers to her fame uh, in, an, in a very overblown way. And then she reads out fan mail. She has fans write in. Her right-hand woman, her producer who she chats to, is clearly a stalker fan who's sort of <laughs> virtually, you would enjoy this drunk woman solving crime, has, has, has basically poisoned her way into the job by knocking out the more suitable <laughs> candidate. Um, I think you could do a true crime podcast on Lolly Adafope's fan mail. Oh, wow. And why her producer is yeah. homicidal. We sometimes feel that way about our producer. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want to kill us, to be fair? Indeed. indeed. Um, How well do you know Lolo Yadafope's work? Well, I'm going to add myself Um, to the stalker list because I love her. The thing I know her most from is Ghosts and uh, an American series called Shrill. And she couldn't play two more different characters in both of those shows, which just shows her comedic talent she's absolutely brilliant and i also i love her she's only has quite a small part in that the most recent alan partridge one but she's brilliant in that where she keeps disagreeing with everything he says just on principle oh, yeah. she's <laughs> really funny in that <laughs> and i love her she crops up in everything as well i love it she's one of those people that you go like is that lolly yeah. and it always is like she was in mission impossible like i was like is is she? yeah it is yeah oh, well, you are setting me up absolutely brilliantly uh because you haven't heard this podcast have you no, no, okay. no. We, we're hearing it from well, you. Well, you're setting me up so incredibly because she has always has a celebrity guest or as she calls them, celebrity fans. <laughs> <laughs> Her first celebrity fan uh, is Steve Coogan. And, but she calls him Mr. Great. Partridge. She doesn't seem to know the difference <laughs> between Steve Coogan and Alan Partridge. And it's the real Steve Coogan, uh, obviously coming on because she did his show and going... <laughs> just being himself and she's saying but you're not dressed like Mr Partridge and he says no well I'm not Alan Partridge that's a character I I couldn't go around dressed like him all the time that would be demented and and she's meant to be interviewing him but she's constantly trying to get him to say nice things and he says things like well you were punctual and if you've you've heard anything negative uh, on the set don't let it hold you back <laughs> and he's just so deadpan on it, and so Steve Coogan, and she keeps misunderstanding things that he's saying, and he's he, he's trying to get out of it, and eventually he says that a man is coming to relight his pool house, and so he has to go. <laughs> it's just so brilliant. And then there's another fan with a ridiculous name, 
who who calls in and she she says, well, of course, when I was in Mission Impossible and tells a story which she says is a teachable moment. It's not at all. It's a ridiculous story. <laughs> and the fan says, oh, so I think you're trying to say and tries to make it a bit more reasonable. And she says, no, you're missing the point. The point is I was in Mission Impossible and, and, and I played woman behind desk. And she's just so brilliant at satirising herself and bouncing off people in this way. I don't know how much is scripted and how much is ad-libbed, but I do know that she really knows how to send herself up and celebrity culture and play this very fine line uh, of... It's very difficult, I think, to be yourself, know what people might find funny about you, play on that and Mm. and not be vain about that either to go i'm gonna just dial up this side of like yeah being being this you know she's she is a very successful international star now as you say she's big but what she's saying is really i think everyone thinks they're bigger than they are and and everyone's everyone in the business is looking over their shoulder and googling themselves and what do people think of me and posting about themselves online and oh so i I really do think she's a major talent and she's doing something really interesting. And I laughed out loud quite a lot, I have to say. And I don't normally <laughs> laugh out loud when I'm on my own very much, even though I find something hilariously funny. It's just that thing of you laugh out loud more in an audience because that's just the way human beings yeah. are. But I did laugh out loud uh, a lot. And I'm a feminist, but I admit I might have been getting a manicure while I was listening to it and I made the manicurist listen and she was laughing out loud a lot to the extent where once she made a mistake. I don't know if you can see, can you see the finger of that hand? There's a little smear and that's because Lolly was so funny. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I said don't bother doing it again. I didn't have time to go over it again and I, I thought it was such a compliment to Lolly and I, I would, I'd, t- I'd want to I'd want to text her and tell her I've got a smeared nail because of you. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh it sounds absolutely amazing it sounds really unusual too like it's just a very different thing to do with your own success and kind of yeah ride that line as you say um i've got to ask you though deborah have you ever received a strange bit of fan mail <gasps> oh my god yes i have once I was doing a show called How to Get Almost Anyone to Want to Sleep with You. And it was a show about <laughs> sexual confidence. It was a show about not going, oh, no one likes me. It wasn't a show about sex. It wasn't raunchy yeah, at all. Yeah. It was just a show about how you presented, how you felt about yourself. And people loved it because they would come away feeling, you know, like, yeah, I'm fabulous. And one of the flyers was me with a cigarette and there was like 10 hands coming in to light it. And it was parodying that old <laughs> 1940s film where a woman would pick up a sure, cigarette sure. and men would just yeah. try and light a cigarette. So I thought, well, that's one image that says, hey, I know I'm sexy and evoking that kind of 40s glamour. Yeah. I, the piece of fan mail was sent to a theatre I was performing in and it said, hello, my name is Pipe Smoking Steve. And oh, oh my God. God. He sa- I mean, he sounds I've hot. Seen- <laughs> I've seen your poster and oh. I, I'm from Wales. I just really love your, your image. And I wondered if you would send me a picture of you smoking a cigar. I also like to smoke cigars. And then he just went on in great detail about how he'd like to see me smoking, what he'd like to see me smoking, what he liked to smoke. Uh, and he wanted me to call him oh, Pipe wow. Smoking Steve. Now, I wanted to write back because this could be a really funny 
like piece for a show or something, my correspondence with Pipe Smoking Steve, because I thought what I wanted to do was write back really innocently and go, actually, Steve, I try never to smoke because it's very bad for me and I worry about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and just really just act as if I've completely missed the sexual agenda, the kink agenda, <laughs> yes. and see what he would write back and get something going where mine are innocent and his are getting more, what I imagined would be more increasingly, uh, increasingly sexual. And my husband, I'm a feminist, but my husband said, oh, no, I mean, he could be really insane. Like, you know, don't do that. Could and be. I said, he's in <laughs> Wales. And Tom said, have you not heard of trains? If you start writing to him, he's going to find out where you live and come here. There's going to be a man with 20 pipes at the front. I was like, I do take your point. Fair enough, fair enough. Oh, I, I love the <laughs> idea of doing that just taking the air right out of his fetish balloon. Like, I oh, really no, regret smoking not. is bad. I don't <laughs> If he'd left an I email, I couldn't have resisted. But it was snail mail, and so he would have had to write back to my address. And I, I did rather see Tom's point, sadly. But that's yeah. my favourite piece of yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Glad that's I asked incredible. that question. So this is the kind of thing. Actually, I might text Lolly and tell her about this, so maybe she can, uh, yeah. maybe she can parody this in case any of these men are listening on Lolly and Phoebe's fan mail. Yeah. That would be brilliant. This show sounds amazing. I am sold. Why else would you recommend it? Well, I would recommend it to anybody who's feeling a bit weighed down by the world's problems because I think it is a brilliant piece of escapism that reminds us all we're not as important as we think. Stop taking ourselves so seriously. And yeah. it, it just made me remember that it's all a bit silly and to laugh at myself. Now, that's why I enjoyed my show. You guys have been listening to the brilliant Corrupt FM and Corrupt is spelt K-U-R-U-P-T. Corrupt FM's podcast. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what you thought of it. I don't know anything about the show, guys. What is the overview? Oh, me. Well, um, <laughs> Corrupt FM, yeah. it's kind of based on this TV show called People Just Do Nothing, which I've always been a huge fan of. They've had a movie, which was amazing. Like when you kind of try and um, make a sitcom into a movie, I think... Alan Partridge did it with Alpha Papa incredibly well, and also um, People Just Do Nothing. It's so brilliant. But the podcast is Grinder, DJ Beats, Steves and Chapuddy G of Corrupt FM, which is West London's premier pirate radio station. And they just basically they find a, um, a subject and they discuss it on the podcast. They share their experiences of, um, of the subject. So season three, which is the one we listen to, has crime, business, books, parenting, celebrities and health. Sound kind of dry, but not when Corrupt FM do it. They're not dry at all. Yeah, it's so funny. Like I would if I had to try and describe it, I would say it was like a joyful, unreliable narrator guide to life <laughs> with all of those subjects. <laughs> I love the sound of that. Were you guys a fan of People Just Do Nothing or are you converts after listening to this? Well, Hannah obviously knows the show well. I feel like I was the wild variable here because I hadn't ever watched People Just Do Nothing. Um and I wondered, am I going to have to go back and watch that so that I understand this? And I decided, no, just jump right into the podcast and see if it works out of context. And it does. So for any listeners out there who maybe didn't catch the series, you're going to want to watch the series once you listen to it. But it just makes sense because you can tell these guys are in these brilliant characters. They take the piss out of each other. And the topics... Uh, the way they kick off every episode is great because they just go in a circle and say one word that relates to the topic. And I was in as soon as they did that. I listened to one of their older episodes about fashion and they're just like, pants, 
shirts. <laughs> <laughs> they just start listing <laughs> items of clothing. I'm like, this. what are these things have in yes. common? And I'm like, this is just the kind of silly humor that I need right now. And you don't have to have watched the series at all to enjoy it. Yeah, it's fun and silly. I agree too. It works. It completely works as a standalone self-contained podcast series. Uh, how how yeah. does it match up to the TV series though for the fans? If you If you are a fan of the show... What do you think of the podcast? I think it's I think it's great. I think just the way they're kind of compl- they completely I feel like they completely are their characters in this. You know, sometimes you feel like you see a chink of like what the, the actual person behind the mm. character is. With this, I kind of I don't see that at all. I remember I once had a meeting at a production company next to where they were all having a meeting about people just do nothing. Yeah. And I was having like some script notes in there. And there was like a, a window between the two rooms and they it was just like all the characters were there. They were just so loud and so funny. And I remember the producer looking at me dead in the eyes and saying, I wish I was in that meeting. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which and makes you know what? So did I. I know. That makes that sense. <laughs> yeah. But the show. Oh, that's so funny. The show is in a mockumentary oh, format, right? So it's like you're a yeah. fly on the wall. When you listen to this, you're just dropped right in and you're you're taking it at face value that these guys are who they are and they're bantering about yeah. these topics. It's like, I would say, you know, we were talking about Alan Partridge earlier. I'd say like the podcast, because it's like a spoof show. It's like, aha, with Alan Partridge. And then like the TV show is like the spoof documentary. So it's like when he was in the travel lodge. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Which was actually my favorite one. My favorite things in the travel lodge. <laughs> Lolly says, she calls it. Uh, knowing me and knowing you too and she thinks there's a whole other show called aha <laughs> um, so oh, so, so the, these have, these shows have got a have got a link already if i'm going to go in cold to corrupt fm what episode should i go to if i don't want to go right just through from the beginning if you got any faves that's really hard to answer because every single episode works as a standalone and they've all got like really amazing bits um but maybe i th- but i don't know if this is my favorite one because it maybe it even was the first one i listened to but it's in the original series and it's called music and they go back and they do the history of music <laughs> they do like so they start with like classical music like mozart and they go that's just really boring that's when music was rubbish and then they, it they hasn't got a beat behind it like where's the beat when does yeah. the beat drop <laughs> and then like real music starts with bob marley and like their overview of the history of music is just amazing it's just so joyful to listen to their take on everything it's just brilliant I really liked um, I liked the parenting one because I'm soon to be a parent, so um, I was kind of quite excited to listen to it. And <laughs> get some taking tips. a lot of advice. <laughs> yeah. I'm not entirely sure you should be taking all the advice from, um, from this podcast in particular. But it is so funny again with the words that they say at the beginning. Yes. You know, they just say things like boredom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, there is one in the parenting one because I went to that one too, and they're like being really ratty because you've stayed up all night. <laughs> none of them are positive <laughs> i know there's just something it's like stephen fry is in the books episode he like they get the real stephen fry to try and do one of their raps oh, in um in obviously in his real voice and then they sack him because he hasn't got any flow <laughs> um, and like there's and then just the way that mc grinder just tells lies like 
like a year eight boy would tell a lie. Like, so he has these fantastic stories about how he lost his virginity and stuff. Okay, and in Miami or something. <laughs> yeah, with like five sex workers that couldn't resist him in, in the back of a casino with gangsters trying to kill him. Like, it's, it's just so over the top. And then like, you know, one of them will be like, oh, because you texted me, finally done it with Mish. Like, so like everybody always reveals his lies and he likes, no, she's just like, no, because that was, I, I meant in the UK, that was the first time in the UK. <laughs> and it's just so everything, every episode has just brilliant bits. You can't go yeah. wrong. I went straight for the crime one just because, you know, yeah, it's, it's area. Area. and it was, it was really fun because the way that they, first they're debating like who's cooler and they're sort of joking about like, well, I've done actual time and no one gives a shit. They're like, oh, you have a two stretch. I did a two stretch like two months. It's not even years. It was two weeks. It was two weeks. Even better. And then the other one goes, oh, it was 10 days in the It was a working week. And then they're quizzing like, which drugs are cool? And, and it's just so ludicrous. They're like, heroin, cool. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's too late. No, you said yes. It's ridiculous. It's so much fun. I loved the awesome. tech one, though. I don't know if you guys listened to the tech one, because they're just being such dumbasses about tech. And they're trying to use... <laughs> They're trying to use shorthand that don't doesn't exist. They're, they're like, what does Mo stand for? What's Mo? And somebody's like, Muhammad? And they're like, no, Moped. It's a moped. It's great. <laughs> how, how, why do you think some people could do characters on a podcast? Yeah, I'm fascinated by that. And I would love to know with Corrupt FM how much of it is scripted and how much of it is improvised because it's so natural the way they interrupt each other. But the characters are so slick. Um, and I, I guess the thing about being a character is you can... You you get you can probably get away with more yeah even with lolly being a version of herself you can you can you've got a bit more license to be a bit more outrageous mm. and they're so nailed on as well i think because they've been doing these characters for like 10 plus years probably if you think about when the first mm. people just do nothing come down like it's like they would because i was really intrigued as to how much of it was scripted and how much of it was just um yeah. improvised because it's so it is just like listening to a podcast where a bunch of mates are talking also with i don't know with like being a, a character because i feel like we're all slightly characters on drunk women slightly like i pretend to be very stupid and naive but actually i'm incredibly sophisticated <laughs> it, might, uh-huh. it, so, it must be exhausting pretending <laughs> it really it really is the mask i put on i pretend to be a feminist Greatest trick the devil ever pulled. <laughs> I am, for li- listeners, I am got- a feminist. That was a joke. That was a big old ironic <laughs> joke. We got the scoop no, on Deborah. No, I, I should never have said that. Um, so when it comes to Corrupt FM, is there anything you came to say that you didn't get to say? I, can't, I mean, for me, Chapati G is like one of the greatest comedy characters that has been created in the last decade, I think. I think he's like, I know David Brent was 20 years ago, but I think he's the strongest comedy character for, for 20 years since David Brent. He's just one of the, and for me, it's it's all about him. And what he has is he's like a, a businessman and his <laughs> a businesses like sponsor the episode. So rather than ads in the way that we'll have an ad for something on the podcast, he's got ads for products that he's trying to sell. And those are some of the funniest, mm. um, <laughs> some of the funniest bits of those podcasts for me anyway. And I want to buy half the stuff he's got. Like, I mean, it just sounds amazing, but That's there's no way of doing it. a jingle for that juice one. Yeah, yeah, he's got the jingles, he's got the patter. (laughs) (laughs) It reminded me that I need to just get away from my brain sometimes. And there's such a well-oiled comedy machine that you can just switch it on 
and escape for a little bit. I was enjoying it so much on the train. And it was one of the first times I've been able to focus on a full episode of something and not go, oh, what do I have to do? And I've got work and I've got all this. It really took me out of my head. So it's it's brilliant for that. It's for your yeah. mental health, guys. Corrupt FM, mental health. It's self <laughs> Yeah, it's just really, Self-care. really funny, joyful comedy. It's just fun and silly and insightful and well-observed and brilliant. Well, I'm definitely going to try Corrupt FM. Uh, What is our next podcast, Taylor? Well, our ears have been so busy as we've not just been listening to these two fantastic shows, but we've all been listening to the Alan Davies As Yet Untitled podcast. Uh, Guys, how would you describe this show? Fantastic raconteurs telling hilarious anecdotes. Oh, very concise. Well done, Katie. Yeah, you should be a reviewer. That was really good. Five stars. I don't know that I can top that. It's just... It's like the best dinner party you've ever been to, except it's the best dinner party you've <laughs> never been to, with the funniest comedians <laughs> sitting around and telling brilliant stories and sometimes revealing things that they probably shouldn't. It's yeah, really, really good. And I know it from the TV show, which has been on for years, and it just makes so much sense to make it a podcast because, honestly, you don't need to look at their faces like yeah. to people, it's a dinner party story. So you, that's something brilliant that you can listen to when you're working out or on a commute and yeah. you can't look at the screen. What I, what I loved about it as well is there's so many people that are on the show have also been on um, on Drunk Women. Yeah. So I was kind of, because on our show, because we don't really interview anyone or sort of really give anyone a chance to speak, it's kind of <laughs> <brilliant>. <laughs> But it just means that I was able to listen to it and go like, oh, wow, I found out so many new things about these people who I know. Like, um, So in this series alone, Fatia El Ghori, um, Helen Bauer, Izzy Sutty, Jordan Gray, Amy Gledhill, London Hughes, Al Murray, Ed Byrne and Rachel Paris have all been on our podcast and are all on this series of As Yet Untitled. And sometimes I feel like I'll listen back to our episodes and I'll be like, oh, I want to hear more from that person. And actually finding their episode of this is a really great way of getting to know them a bit better. Yeah, that's I true. could just sort of maybe text them and try and make some new friends, but I'd rather just watch the app now. <laughs> who, has the, the who has the time? Hannah, who has the time? <laughs> yeah. I guess we ought to say as well, for anyone that hasn't watched the series or listened, that the sort of conceit of it is that he's not got titles for these episodes and so each episode at the end based on the stories that people have told he's got to come up with the title for the episode so there are just ridiculous titles at the end of each episode depending on what people have talked about have you worked with alan or watched any of his other work I mean, listeners to our podcast will know my slightly unhealthy obsession with Jonathan Creek. So uh, to say I've been a fan since I was about 12 is, um, yeah, is not an understatement. I was obsessed with that show. And also it's, you know, the detective thing. So when we have crimes on our podcast, I'm kind of like, this has got a Jonathan Creek vibe, uh, which is always the, really the biggest compliment you can uh, give. <laughs> so I've always, I've always really liked him. And I think he's a very good... I think it's a difficult thing hosting a show like that because, you know, it's like hosting a dinner party where you're trying to make sure everyone gets to speak. And one thing I loved about the show was the fact that it felt, you know, it could be a nightmare. I've been in a room with six comedians and you never yeah. say anything. Like, it's horrible. But like with this, it's really well kind of orchestrated. And I think because he's kind of that slightly older statesman of comedy, which he probably wouldn't mm. want me to say. No one wants to be called a legend or an older statesman, do they? <laughs> but, you know, he's got that gravitas, I think, that can kind of control the room, um, which I think is great. Yeah, they all take turns quite well, don't they? Yeah. He, like, he gives them... them- 
Fair intro, go on. Yeah, no, I was just going to say if any of them murder each other, he'd be able to work out who did it. Uh, (laughs) I recently did an episode of QI and I was on his team and he was an unqualified delight. He was so nice to me. So I'm predisposed uh, to love this show. And I think the point is I was on QI. Things are going yeah, very well. Yeah, sorry. Not, 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 <laughs> I mean, this is basically Deborah Francis White's fan mail now. Um, <laughs> playing yes, woman yes, behind yes. desk. Take a page from Lolly there. I that's was great. playing woman behind desk on QI, actually. Um, exactly. That's how many, many of the BBC watchers will have seen me. They were like, who's that woman behind the desk? Why is it a woman? <laughs> Do you guys have a favourite episode? I love the one with Sue Perkins talking about her doing all the illegal <gasps> yes. things. Wasn't that funny? Oh my goodness. Yeah. And she does peyote yes. in South America. And because it's Sue Perkins, you're just like, oh my goodness. Yeah, the contrast. But I like, yeah, I, I don't know about a favorite episode, but I definitely have some new favorite stories. Um, I really love um, Jason Byrne told an amazing story about Bono and getting hired to do a set and just how crazy that whole story sounded and then oh man I can't remember her name can you remember her name um she was Welsh and she had like was doing this thing with Prince Charles when he was Prince Charles and she accidentally locked him in the (gasps) toilet in Wales when they were supposed to be opening um this you know uh like art program to help like young people get jobs in the arts (laughs) and there were like loads of other like people there the the monarch um, formerly known as Prince in in a loop. Yes. No. She did. And then no one could find him. They were like late oh. to open the thing. And then she, because she'd locked the toilet because she didn't want anyone to use it because it was a horrible <gasps> toilet. But he was already inside it with his aid when she locked it. And then she, so she, it was with like, his aid. So she went and found him. Yeah, I'm, I'm stumbling on with Presumably his aid. it's like, wasn't a cubicle. It was, it, a, it, well, yeah, in the actual main bit. He probably isn't allowed to be alone. Oh. I don't, I'm now guessing. But so she let him he out. He can't even wee like, by pretended. himself. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. She pretended she didn't know how it got locked. And then, good for um, her. Good for her. Uh, That's brilliant. It's have great. Have you ever I struggled to come up with a name for a show? I think this untitled idea is probably based on the fact that comedians find it so hard to come up with names for their Edinburgh show. Have you ever struggled to come up with a title for a show or a book or anything you've been working on? Well, weirdly, we started with the title Drunk Women Solving Crime and had to build the format around it. So we've gone. I feel like I'm great at coming up with titles. I just have no content. I came up with The Guilty <laughs> Feminist really quickly. I was like, that. that's how I was feeling. I was feeling like, you know, it was 2015 and everyone was doing this kind of really gung-ho feminism. And I was thinking, well, I'm a feminist, but, and I said, I think I'm a guilty feminist. And I think the title is a lot of the success of the show because the right people find it. They go, I'm a guilty Mm, feminist. And, uh, you know, I I love titling things. I've I've often come up with (laughs) good titles for things and then felt like, I really want to do that show now um, based on that title. Uh, I've gone out of my way then to do some one night only in Edinburgh because I've come up with a good title. (laughs) 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 i remember years ago katie saying to me in edinburgh that you wanted to do a show called don't believe the hype and then do no promo for it which is (laughs) really funny so is there anything you came to say that you didn't get to say about alan davies as yet untitled i mean i just like you say all the stories are brilliant and if you're 
cheeky enough, you can just pass them off as your own at a dinner party if you like. <laughs> just as long as, <laughs> as, yeah, long as no like, one else is watching yeah, it. I feel like it might become so popular. <laughs> like if you weren't hearing it from the comedian that experienced it, you'd be like, that's not true. Like <laughs> it's such an urban legend, but why? Like that obviously literally happened. It's insane. Also, it's quite useful. Like there's a bit, Josh Jones told this story about dismembering his finger and then the nurse at school knowing not to just put it in a bag of ice and that you have to put it on ice. Oh, yeah. Um, I.e., you know, on a bag of peas or something. Because otherwise you would just get frostbite on the finger and it will never go back on. <gasps> yeah. And I was wow. like, useful life hack. I'm the kind of person that would dismember a finger by accident. By accident, yeah. most people, by accident. But <laughs> One would hope um, so. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, ooh. And then I watched the horror movie that night and then there was like someone had their head chopped off and that was on ice. And I was like, that's not going back on. (laughs) (laughs) Deeply, deeply entertaining this show, in my opinion. If you're feeling like you need friends, (laughs) this is such a great substitute for friends. If you are lonely or thinking, um, you know, just feeling you need a bit of of a big, wild night out without actually having to go to the effort of going out or having people over and having to cook and then get rid of them this is the podcast for you put it on on your commute and you will turn up for work in such a great mood yeah really really easily listening and also you you can sort of like discover new people as well which i think is great a couple of people that i hadn't sort of like seen much of their stuff and then you listen to them and you can immediately go i would watch your edinburgh show i would watch your sitcom i'm gonna follow Mm. you on instagram it's a great way of finding people you don't find funny as well because there's just so many of them you can go (laughs) won't be seeing their show uh did not find that story funny loved this one okay so it's a great way to quickly sift through comedians yeah Uh, and as soon as one started, like there'll be another one along really quickly as well. You know, everyone gets to tell what a story, a great point. so uh, it's what a perfect. Great point. They are all brilliant, though. Really, I am. I'm being wry. Um, thank you. That's why I should be on the show, Ellen Davies. Thanks for joining us on our inaugural Audible Comedy Club episode, brought to you by Audible and Acast Creative. If you'd like to discover more episodes from the Audible Comedy Club series then you can do so across the following podcasts over the coming weeks. Telling Everybody Everything with Catherine Ryan, Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, Cuddle Club with Lou Sanders, and Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Do you know Richard Never Herring, Never heard of that Katie? guy. <laughs> he smells like a chancer. Yeah. <laughs> the listeners who don't know, Katie is sleeping with him. Now... <laughs> He is also the father of her children and they are very much married. There's no Mr. and Mrs. Smith here. If you want to listen to the podcast that we've discussed today, Hannah, what do you need to do? Well, what you need to do is you need to download and subscribe to Audible. By doing so, you'll also have access to podcasts and audio books from other amazing comedians such as Alan Mr. Partridge. And Daily Mr. Partridge and Daisy May Cooper. Um, yeah, I feel like most, like 90% of things I say are Alan Partridge quotes, um, and I love anything Daisy May Cooper's done. So they've got they've got some great podcasts on there. Uh, my next picks are French and Saunders and Mo Gilligan, because they are well known to be three of the most award-winning, hilarious comedians in Britain. Also, if you want to find out more on Audible's offering, head over to audible.co.uk. A subscription is required. See audible.co.uk for terms. This has been so much fun. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this as much as we've enjoyed doing it. I have to say, seeing you, gang, again has been an unqualified delight. And I've loved getting some new series recommendations. So until the next time, and there will be a next time, goodbye for now. Aha! Bye! 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 Oh, smell my jeans! <laughs> <laughs>